the original charcoal company's 100% all-natural hardwood grilling products are the number one preferred briquettes by barbecue champions across the country. See, with Original Charcoal Company, there's no harsh chemicals, only the best and most flavorful hardwoods. Grill like a champion with hardwood lump, smoking chips and chunks, and convenient instant light lump from the Original Charcoal Company. One of the most reliable and trusted products for professionals and beginners alike. It's an all-natural, healthy, and better-performing alternative to chemical-laden charcoal. It's Original Charcoal, featuring the Rancher Briquettes. Find out more at www.originalcharcoal.com. Ask for it in your local stores. And for more information, call 704-442-0097. That's the Original Charcoal Company, www.originalcharcoal.com. This is Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. Welcome to Barbecue Central, the show where we talk about all things important to the world of barbecue. From big-named interviews to advice on cooking brisket and ribs, you'll find it all right here inside Barbecue Central. If you're interested in learning more about barbecue, feel free to visit our website at www.bbq-4-theletteru.com. Get connected to the best barbecue forum on the Internet. And now, here's your program host, Greg Rempe. Thank you, Jim Morgan, and welcome to Barbecue Central, the show where we talk about all things important in the world of barbecue. Wherever you are across the globe, I certainly appreciate you taking time out to join me. Tonight's guest is the 19th annual 2007 Jack Daniels World Champion Loonswinders Barbecue Pitmaster, Chad Hayden. But before we get into the interview, I do want to take a moment to recognize the passing of a fellow barbecue brother. His name was Paul Taylor, and although he was not a member of Barbecue Central directly, I had spoken with him a number of times on the Texas Barbecue Rub Forum via their chat room, and he was always very friendly to me. It always seemed like we were actually very close friends, uh, just a handful of times that we actually talked to him. He had a great way of making people feel welcome. So here's to you, Paul. You'll certainly be missed. So now let's punch up Chad Hayden, get on with the Jack Daniels and Barbecue Talk. Chad, welcome to Barbecue Central. Hey, thank you. Chad, can you tell us a little bit about yourself personally, and then we'll start getting into the barbecue stuff. I live, uh, primarily live in, uh, Taylorsville, Kentucky. I've been living in Louisville all my life. I'm 37 years old. I work for an engineering firm in Louisville and married in, uh, no kids. I guess that's about me in a nutshell there. No kids, but some on the way or just no kids, period? No kids, period. My, my wife, she actually has her own hobby. Uh, we have, uh, four Jack Russells, so... <laughs> Pretty much takes up some time too there. So, what are some of your first recollections of barbecue? Actually, I didn't get into actually eating and enjoying barbecue. I guess until I guess in my early twenties. I guess as being brought up, you know, my family was born to uh, you know no, nothing fancy food. We're just uh, you know dad liked to grill or whatever, but uh, never really got into barbecue until I got a little older. Like I said, about my early twenties, there was a couple of uh, barbecue joints kind of close to home and uh you know started visiting those places and you know always wondered what you know what it took to make that food and all and i've, I've always loved it and uh as i started getting a little bit older i i try to replicate some of that and always seem to mess it up and every time i did i just get frustrated and quit for a while and 
when I was 27, back in uh, 1997, I went uh, with a group of friends. We went to uh, Memphis in May and uh, never even knew what a barbecue contest was until then. And uh, went there and had a hell of a great, great time. We met a lot of great teams there. And uh, some of the teams we met were just you know, incredibly friendly. Got to talk a lot to them and all. And uh, just uh, and you know, just after meeting those people, I said, man, it'd just be great to you know, get involved in barbecue contests and all. And, uh, of course, you know, then I couldn't ribs or any other type of barbecue to save my life. So, you know, I went for years after that, just, uh, you know, about two or three times a year, I try to cook either a, a butt or, or chicken or something. And I just end up messing it up and getting frustrated and, uh, quit doing it. About 2004, I went and, uh, took Dr. Barbecue's class, learned a lot there. And, uh, even before then, I, you know, I found some barbecue forums on uh, on the internet and all, which helped me out tremendously, and uh, just kind of picked up a lot of tips there, and then, you know, just a heck of a lot more practicing, and I started to actually start producing some food that I could actually stomach that wouldn't have to throw out. You know, I did my first uh, contest, Madison River Fest, in August of uh, 2004. There was 47 teams there. I came in 16th overall, and I was just ecstatic with that. I've just kind of been hooked ever since. So that's when you actively started competing was 2004? Yeah, exactly. How many competitions were you trying to get in a year? I guess you could say you know, once you get into something, you're hooked, you want to do as many as you possibly can. But with work and all and other commitments, I just, just couldn't do that many so in 2004 i just did a contest here in madison indiana which is pretty close to home and uh went in crestwood kentucky shortly after that and uh and then 2005 uh i believe in 2005 and 2006 i did uh six contests per year and then this year um total i've done eight now for those people that are living under the competition rock you're actually the uh, most recent Jack Daniels uh, world champion. So, uh, first of all, congratulations on that honor. Thanks a lot. Thanks now that you're uh, a few weeks removed from the uh, whole thing winding up, what are your thoughts about how the whole thing unfolded down there in Lynchburg? When I first started competing and hearing about the Jack, I just always thought, so, man, it'd just be awesome, you know, just to be able to compete there and all. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of steps it takes to, to get there. You know, you, you just winning the grand championship, in and of itself is pretty complicated, you know, starting off. I fortunately won two of those this year and, and got drawn for the Jack. I just try to not, <clears throat> while I was at the Jack, I just try not to uh, let myself get caught up in the, you know, the energy that's there with, the, you know, the big world championship and, you know, we got all these teams and all these great cookers there. And uh, I just try to, you know, just, just absorb it for what it was when I was, you know, out there in the public and all. But, uh, when I got in my trailer and started prepping meat and cooking, I just kind of just rela- relaxed and just got focused and treated it as if it was a important state championship. Basically, I didn't let myself get too caught up in it when you know when there was work to be done. Certainly, it has to be tough when you're amongst is pretty much a, a who's who of who, who the best barbecuers are at that current point. Uh, you know, especially first time in. You know, seeing guys like Lotta Bull and uh, you know a number of the other bigger names out there. To just not be overwhelmed, uh, pretty much all the way through. Right now, it's uh, if, if I let myself get caught up in it, which luckily I seem to do a fair decent job about it, not not to get overwhelmed about it, but uh, 
you know, I guess one good thing is, you know, a lot of the teams that are there uh, I've competed, you know, against before, so it wasn't too overwhelming or, you know, scary in that aspect. I just told myself just, you know, just do what I can do. And uh, my whole game plan was is, was to stick with my original game plan and uh, do what I knew what I can do and uh, just do the best I could and, and try to be consistent. And my whole goal was, well, as long as I can produce and, and make what I what I know I should make and, you know, tasting good and be as, as tender as I was hoping it to be, then, you know, I, you know, in my, my mind, I felt like I've done the best I could and in my mind, I, you know, I've already kind of won. So, uh, luckily for the most part, I was pretty happy with the way that, you know, things turned out meat-wise. Were you surprised that you ended up taking the whole thing or did you fully yeah. expect to win the competition? No, but, uh, you know, in every contest, I don't, you know, I obviously don't, do not expect to win. I just, try, I want to shoot to win, you know. I, I don't want to uh, go in there just to have a good time, and you know, just kind of forget about you know a part of the reason I'm there. I always try to do my best, and uh, you know, everything to the best of my ability, and what whatever happens, happens. You know, it's, uh, I know there's you know still a little bit of luck involved. I just want to try to do what I can do, and uh, you know, my goal is a lot of my friends' goals to you know get a jug, and uh, so it's me and my wife are back there. Uh, in the back of the awards for the Jack, all the excitement and the energy there. I just kind of told her, I said, you know, it's just, it's just great to even be here. And, and then uh, when I started calling up the awards, I had some pretty decent some chicken in the past couple contests. After I kind of changed some things around, I was feeling pretty confident about it. And uh, by the time they started getting up to the jugs around fifth place, I said, well, you know, there's a, I, said, I don't think I'll get anything here. You know, there's a lot of big teams and here they are in fifth and fourth place. And I haven't gotten a name called, but I said, well, as it is, I'm, I'm here at the Jack. It's great, you know. But when they called the week first for chicken, that just uh, blew my mind, you know. So I went up there and in shock and got my jug and my check and came back and back and I told my wife, I said, well, we can go ahead and pack up the chairs now. You know, the goal's been met. I was just ecstatic with that. Second place calling ribs. It was just pretty much numbing there. I, said, I, I didn't know what to think. You know, here, you know, here I got two jugs now. But I guess that the contest itself, I wasn't too happy with my pork. I knew that pork's been pretty pretty low for me here lately. I don't know what I got messed up on it on, and I just know this this winter I'm going to be working hard on it. But uh, anyway, I knew my pork was pretty good, but for where I was at, I didn't expect to get anything in it, and uh, sure enough, I didn't get a call on pork, which was no surprise. When I started getting through brisket, uh, we kind of changed kind of tweaked a couple of things. We, we tried it out in a practice cook a couple of weeks ago, some things we tried differently. We're not supposed to try new things at a contest, but there's a couple of things sitting in the back of my mind I wanted to try for brisket and uh, just sat there and, you know, crossed my fingers hard and luckily it paid off when we got to the first and brisket. After that was over with, I said, man, there's just a really good shot of won this, but I was just scared to death about pork and I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to you don't know, think I won it then. You know, luckily as they went through the names that uh, you know, I came out in first there, so that was great. And that kind of feeling is just kinda of, can't always explain. I just thought the inside of my torso was going to explode. And it's been several days since then. It's uh it's still kind of a shock. I haven't really I don't think I fully accepted it yet, but uh, it is what it is I guess. Of course the uh, best thing about it is you get to go back next year, uh, for the exception. Yeah, exactly. I get to that's what's great about that. I get to come back and you know, compete in the Jack again and uh, win the contest earlier this year. Well, in, in August for the uh, the Madison contest, and one I get to compete 
for the first time and the American Oil Invitational next year. So that's uh, two big ones there that uh, I don't have to worry about qualifying so much. So next year my schedule, I'm just going to concentrate on the, the good contests that have uh, good organizers, good reps, where my friends are going to be competing at and just go up there and uh, do the best I can and just you know enjoy where I'm at. You know, I, I made some pretty substantial unrealistic goals this year, so next year I'm going to you know, just, just try my best and uh, see what happens. So being the uh, world champion at this point, a lot of people that listen to this uh, podcast, and we have uh, probably thousands of subscribers that download these shows uh, every month, a lot of people want to know what the competition cookers are doing that makes them successful, so let's kind of delve into that aspect. Uh, first of all, what kind of a cooker do you use, and why did you choose it? This is my first and only uh I would consider a competition smoker. I got a backwoods fat boy. Like I said, when I first started getting hard into barbecue back in 2004, I guess I kind of had like a little offset that you see at every home improvement center around, you know, and uh, that small offset wasn't getting it all done. And I knew that if I wanted to compete, I'd need something bigger to, you know, to hold all four categories on. Did a lot of research, asking around to friends and all about, uh, you know, the best type of cooker for the money I was wanting to spend. And it turned out that the Backwoods Fat Boy was perfect for me. So I uh, ended up with that back in June of 2004. I've gotten to know this cooker really well, and I've just stuck with it. That's what I cooked uh, every contest on, including the Jack. It's just this one smoker. So uh, I know there's a lot of other teams got a lot bigger, a lot more elaborate smokers, and uh, those work great for them. And you know, this, this little Fat Boy does great for me. So. Do you use your own rubs and sauces when you're competing, um, or do you already use ones that have already been manufactured? I use uh, all manufactured rubs and sauces. I used to use my own rubs in the beginning and actually did fairly well with it, but just uh, as elaborate as it was and everything and, and the time and money to produce them, I said, well, I'm just going to you know, get into these more commercialized rubs and sauces, and sure enough, they were better than what I had anyway, so I just kind of stuck with them. Anybody you want to mention in particular? No, not really. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a secret, but if you try hard enough, you can find it on your own. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I've, I've used pretty much basically what uh, a lot of the top teams are using there, so uh, not, not too much of a secret. You know, I mean, the rubs and the sauces are just part of it, you know, your technique and attention to detail and quality of meats and, of course... You know, tons and tons of practice. The biggest keys there, I think. What kind of a wood do you use for your smoke flavor? Well, it, it, ever since the beginning, I've always played around with different uh, brands of wood. You know, or you know, apple, oak, pecan, and all that. But uh, right now, I'm kind of partial to uh, smoking with cherry, using a little bit of oak too. Just kind of playing around with that. Obviously, uh, you're running a backwood smoker, so that's charcoal driven. Do you use a particular? Name brand charcoal to fire your cooker? Yes, I use um, uh, Rancher by the original charcoal company right now. I've been using it for the majority of the year and uh, been really happy with it. Had you used Kingsford in the past? No. My parents and all used to use Kingsford back in the day, and it just kind of smelled like, uh, I don't know, petroleum products or whatever, and I've <laughs> never really been happy with it, so uh, I just didn't like the the smell of it at all and uh that's kind of what what makes me this hardwood lump charcoal uh 
briquettes is a minimal amount of uh, aroma from it, and uh, that way I, I think with this clean burning fuel, it allows me to add the flavors I want want to put in with the smoke. Were you using some type of other like lump charcoal then prior to switching over to the Rancher? Yeah, I used to uh, use the, I guess their competitors branded the Duraflame uh, hardwood uh, briquettes there. I want to say it was around May or so I found that uh, Home Depot had, you know, about a half a pallet left of Rancher charcoal and I saw that there and I read it on the bag and, well, you know how us barbecuers are. Every time we see something new, we got to got to check it out, you know, and uh, it seemed like, you know, they said hardwood uh, lump briquettes there, so uh, so I need to try it out. So I bought me two bags of it, took it home, and uh, grilled a little bit with it. was really happy with what I found, so a couple of days later, I um, went back to Home Depot and thought I bought everything I had. I think I had 14 bags of it and uh, took it home and uh, been really happy with it about a month or two after I bought those 14 bags, and they had just a few bags left, and uh, noticed they didn't restock, so I went ahead and just bought what they had, and kind of been hoarding it like a leprechaun right now until you know I can get some more somehow. So, so having used the Duraflame, and now obviously you sound like a very big proponent, and uh, you know, quick side story, uh, I couldn't be more happier with the Rancher product myself. What do you find to be the major differences between the fuel source you were using and the Rancher now? One thing I do notice about the Rancher charcoal that uh, like substantially better than what was the Duraflame is it seems like the briquettes are um, more compact. And what, what I mean by that is, uh, you know, I usually load up my Fat Boy uh, probably about around 6 p.m. at night in a contest. I just get like a, a chimney full that I get started and I dump it in there and it's probably got another three or four pounds of a rancher and I get that all started and lit up and get the smoker up to temp and then uh, kind of let it stabilize there until about 9 or 10 o'clock and then I open it back up and I take the rest of that bag and I can stick probably 18 out of 20 pounds of that original bag in that charcoal basket, and I'll close it up, and then uh, I go to sleep with no worries on it. You know, it did, it'll last all night long, and then some. And then the next morning when I get up, smoker's usually around 2.35 at 5 or 6 in the morning, and I'll get up, and uh, I can shuffle these briquettes around to, to add more in there, you know. And when I do, those briquettes seem to want to hold their shape, and they don't seem to uh, break down to so the... So the hot charcoals that I have in there, they just don't lose their integrity. I can scoot them over and, and add in other ones. And also, call me crazy, but I don't think that the uh, the ash for the rancher charcoal seems to be, you know, like, like I said, I could be crazy thinking this, but it kind of seems like it's a tad heavier than the Duraflame. I remember before it opened up my uh, ash pan, it just seemed like the ash of the Duraflame was just incredibly fine and just kind of blew everywhere. Rancher just seems a little heavier to me, which is great because sometimes I still have meat in the cooker that's uh, not wrapped. I'm afraid that, you know, the kicking around this ash to, to give it a reload of that ash you know, can somehow get up in my drafting system and get all over the meat. Fortunately, that didn't happen, it don't seem like. Having used the Rancher now for uh, some time and having the success with it that you've had, especially this year, how do you feel about Home Depot deciding not to stock it in their stores anymore? I didn't know if that, that was a decision for them not to stock it. I just thought maybe that's uh, you know a big corporate decision for them to to try out something around Memorial Day weekend and sell it and you know possibly get it back in and uh, you know they never did. If they made a 
their own decision themselves not to stock it, you know, and their own conscious decision, I think that, uh, I don't think it's very wise on their part. I mean, I, you know, I love the charcoal, and as a matter of fact, a little while back, I had emailed Rancher about us, and, you know, I'm kind of getting antsy. I got four or five bags left of charcoal, and, you know, I'm running out, and I want to get some more of this. Kind of sad, you know, I know that there's other, there's other decent charcoal places out there, but the rancher outperforms its competition in every important burn characteristic, flavor, uh, length of burn, low ash content, heat profile, what have you. Do you inject your briskets and butts? Why or why not? Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. It just depends on what kind of, you know, what I think is going to make it better here. You know, at the jack, I've injected the briskets and the butts when I won my uh, grand championship at uh, Madison. I did not. I wanted to to do something different there and uh, and didn't, but uh, I think with those you know thicker cuts of meat there, and that the you know the, it takes a lot for a rub to, or it's impossible for a rub to penetrate three inches into a piece of meat. That it's a uh, you know it, it, I think it's uh, very valuable to inject larger cuts of meat like that. Do you cook brisket fat side up or fat side down? And this is a hotly debated topic on the uh, internet forums. Probably do things differently for a different reason. My uh, fat boy, I, I basically uh, everything I do is by myself when it comes to cooking and prepping and everything like that. So my goal is, you know, if we got the four categories for KCBS, I like to concentrate on just two at a time. So overnight, I cook my butts and briskets, and I like to get those pulled off before I put on my ribs and chicken. You know, having said that, I cook two briskets and two butts, and inside that water smoker, if you don't have really good great airflow around the meat it has, you have a little bit better tendency to rub, uh, to wash off your rub so what I do is uh, my butts go on the top rack and I cook them fat side down my briskets go on the rack right below that and I cook those fat side up the reason why I do that is because with the butts dripping on the briskets I don't like the idea of the butt fat to be washing off the rub of the briskets. That's the way I've been doing it. And it, you know, I, my butt's always the meat and everything comes out juicy and stuff, and I don't have any problems with the flavor of the brisket or anything. So that seems to be working for me now. So I'm not going to change that around. Do you foil your butts and briskets once they reach a certain internal temperature? Wrap them and then uh, finish cooking. That right there is kind of a basically more of a feel issue. I, I try to get my. Um, my goal is in the morning to have my butts and my brisket off by 8 o'clock so I can get my ribs on. I start checking the temperatures of those, you know, both of them around 5 or 6 in the morning. At some point, they're always wrapped and finishing up on the cooker. Now, if I feel like I'm getting behind to where I don't think butts and briskets are going to be done before 8 o'clock, I'll get a little antsy and I'll may foil them a little bit earlier, but uh, it's typically, you know, I, I don't have a magic number right when I foil, but it seems to me it's anywhere between 170 and 180 is when I foil. I know there's a lot of guys out there that will typically watch their meat, wait until it gets to a certain color first, right. uh, and then go ahead and wrap it. Do you subscribe to that at all, or is it just more of if you're falling behind, you'll wrap earlier and go from there? This year, I've been kind of messing around with wanting to have a better color, especially on the butts. Every time I do wrap my butts. It seems like I'm I'm too late to catch the color I want anyway. Like I said, it's a, another thing I'll be practicing on during the winter. I definitely believe that the color of the meats and how they look and everything is extremely important. You know, I think about presentation starts at the 
at the very beginning of meat selection, you know, I, I take that uh, pretty seriously there. So being a two-time grand champion this year, plus adding the uh, Jack Daniels World Championship to the belt, what are the three things that are most important to your success, would you say? I would think the, the first thing is is uh, being focused. I mean, I, when, uh, when you're at a contest, or there, there's a time to play and socialize, but there's a time to get your mind and pay attention about what you're doing as far as uh, meat prep and all that. I think it's extremely important, and uh, I think another thing that's helped me out this year, too, is I've been really picky on the quality of meat that I buy, more so than normal, and it seems like when uh, I have a good stock from uh, for me for all, all four of my categories there, in my mind, seems seems to improve things there, so that's been pretty important for me, and I'll carry that on to next year. I guess the uh, third thing is uh, tons of practice. I mean, I, you can't... I can't be scared to screw up meat, you know. I just, I, I do a lot of practicing and I try a lot of new things and stuff. I guess that's basically about it. Chad Hayden is the pitmaster for Moonswiner's barbecue team. And as previously mentioned, current 2007 Jack Daniels world champion. Chad, certainly appreciate you coming on the show tonight, giving us a little uh, in-depth insight as to how you're actually cooking your meat during competitions. Uh, enjoyed learning more about you, uh, background sense, and how you got into competing and certainly good luck in the future. Okay, well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Take care, Chad. All right, thank you. Thanks again to Chad Hayden for coming on and talking with us about his success at the Jack Daniels, some of his insights on how he's actually preparing his barbecue. Certainly appreciate that when any competitor is uh, willing to step up and share that information with us. Unfortunately, at this point, Chad does not have a website that I can promote for him, but as soon as he gets one up and running, he's going to forward me that URL, and I will pass it along via the forum so you can check him out and learn a little bit more about him. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to learn about more barbecue and grilling tips, you can check us out at thebbqcentral.com. We'd love to have you join the fun and camaraderie of the best barbecue forum on the Internet. Stay tuned for the original charcoal company spot on the backside, Jones. For barbecue Central, this is your program host, Greg Rempe, saying so long, everybody. The original Charcoal Company's 100% all-natural hardwood grilling products are the number one preferred briquettes by barbecue champions across the country. See, with Original Charcoal Company, there's no harsh chemicals, only the best and most flavorful hardwoods. Grill like a champion with hardwood lump, smoking chips and chunks, and convenient instant light lump from the Original Charcoal Company. One of the most reliable and trusted products for professionals and beginners alike. It's an all-natural, healthy, and better-performing alternative to chemical-laden charcoal. It's Original Charcoal, featuring the Rancher Briquettes. Find out more at www.originalcharcoal.com. Ask for it in your local stores. And for more information, call 704-442-0097. That's the Original Charcoal Company, www.originalcharcoal.com.